1: Hey, what is up, Bills Mafia? Welcome into this episode of the Buffalo Nerd, your home for Buffalo Bills football with a charity on top. Brought to you by SB Nation on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network, and it's being served up to you live by Picasso's Pizza on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. Treat yourself to the most wonderful pizza on game day. Picasso's, we are Buffalo Pizza. Shipping local and nationwide. Order online at Picasso'sPizza.net. I'm your host, Colt Schroeder. It's your first time catching the show. Thank you for being here. If you're already part of the Nerd Mafia, welcome home. As you can see this week, we are joined by Ryan Thomas of the Thomas Take Sports Podcast. Ryan's a good friend of the show. He likes to come on and hang out, and I am not opposed to that. What is up, Scott Blakely? What's up with you, Ryan?
0: What's up, Colt? As always, it is a pleasure being on the Buffalo Nerd Sports Podcast evening to all the mafia members out there tuning in i can't wait to get started with this awesome show
1: i'm wanting picasso's right now leave us in the house that's what they're hoping you would say (laughs) (laughs) all right so what's up everybody uh welcome in obviously uh if you guys have been following you know what we were going to talk about some of that's changed a little bit obviously in the past hour here before we came on we got some disappointing news um, but before we do dive into all that kind of stuff I don't want to go straight into the negativity and you know all that kind of stuff I'd like to shout out you know a very cool organization like we do every week on the show we do highlight a charity so let's go ahead and start out there this week we're gonna we're gonna highlight the Jed Foundation so the Jed Foundation uh, this is mental health awareness or mental, it's your wealth wealth month whatever wellness month right so part of that is mental health awareness right and for me the jed foundation um they work for 10 with teens in preventing suicide Right. Um, you know, they do a lot of activities just to present them with outlets and other ways that they can navigate through scenarios, you know, without having to consider things like that. Um, so obviously, uh, you know, I have a teenager. I think it's super important that uh, mental health is at the forefront. And, you know, there's organizations like the Jed Foundation that are doing that stuff for teens uh, and helping them out. You know, I think this is important now too. all the kids are getting ready to head back to school. School's a tough place. Right. So, uh, you know, it's a good place, good organization to check out. They're doing a lot of cool stuff over there. So. The Jed organization, you can find them at jedfoundation.org. Cool. So, obviously, the co- the comments are flying in already. Uh, we we might be in need of a punter. Uh, you know, where are you at, Ryan? Man, uh, Colt,
0: before we hopped on the air here, um, briefly, before we hopped on the air for about five minutes leading up to it, we were talking about the situation now with Matt Ariza and the Buffalo Bills, uh, that has swept the NFL news headlines over the last, I'd say, half hour. And to have a show planned out of what we were going to talk about, and then a half hour before we're going on uh, to have this news come out in regards to a, a situation when Matt Ariza was playing collegiate football at San Diego State, um, I, I am deeply disturbed by the reports uh, I am very frustrated, upset as a, a fan of the Buffalo Bills, not only as a fan of the Buffalo Bills, but as a as a fan of the Bills that was rooting for Matt Ariza to make this 53-man roster. He makes the 53-man roster, and then this story comes out. And as I mentioned to you, Colt, you know, to hear this news, the first thing that I thought of uh, is obviously what are the Buffalo Bills going to do from here? But the Buffalo Bills are owned by... A female, a very powerful female, by the name of Kim Pagula. How will she react to this news? Um, and and I think how she reacts to this news will tell the tale of of what the Bills will do in response to this news. Whether Matariza is an NFL punter or not in the next twenty four hours
1: uh, will be something to see. Yeah, I mean, I agree a hundred percent. I think the folks in the comments are kind of in, in agreement. I mean, this is. This is for me, you know, like what we talk about Deshaun Watson each week and what he did, and th- this is just getting this is getting too much. It's too much. Um, I'm, I'm sick of seeing this in the NFL. I don't care if it's accusations, if it's not, whatever. Like you, these guys' names just shouldn't be involved in this stuff, right? Like there's so many of these guys that have gone through the NFL that you've never heard crap about it, right? N- never a word about it, right? There's ways to go about doing this, you know, without this. So, I I was going to have a good conversation about him and this, that, and the other, and what he had done and making it here. And now it's just kind of like, yeah, dude, I don't really care about you anymore. I kind of hope that we just like move on and uh, we go from there. But if that does happen, then we were just talking about it before. Who punts for this football team? We, we just, and Coach McDermott was like, we want to give Hack a chance to get onto another team. Well, he did. <laughs> and now, now what?
0: Now, what is the question? I mean, I, I went on. Um... You know, a few websites just to see who are some of the free agent punters out there and forty year old Dustin Colquitt. Uh yeah. Michael Michael Pollardi, who was the punter for the Miami Dolphins for for a few years, uh Hunter Niswander of the Dallas Cowboys, formerly of the Dallas Cowboys, those are names that you would not necessarily know of. <laughs> I would rather go a- this route, right? A- a- AK Cash might might have a point with Pat McAfee, but I think his playing days, his punting days, I should say, are over. But yeah. Man, this is just such a devastating story um, to the to the yeah. Bills and, and to the Bills organization because truly, you know, I don't want to hear any stories like this, much like you, Colt. And to me, this is a moment where the, the line in the sand needs to be drawn in terms of uh, football and, and obviously human decency, moral yeah. uh, human decency. Uh, the reports go uh, far beyond – just a disturbing allegation this is uh very detailed um, yeah. far too detailed for 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 anyone to read that and, and to come away with oh well let's let's investigate this no let's cut them cut cut ties cut them loose yeah. and, and just move on um that's what professional organizations do they put the football aside and unfortunately it's going to hurt the bills because of The situation being that it's August 25th, we're heading into the third week of the preseason, and there's Mm -hmm. slim pickings out there in terms of the position, but at this point, um, you do have one of the best offenses in the NFL, so you shouldn't have to punt as much as some of the other ones, Right. but obviously they need a punter that is capable.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is saying and, and uh, Scott Blakely, I think you got uh, Richard Rush hit you up there in the chat. Yeah. The, so he signed with Indy like it was like a day later. He was already scooped up by Indy and obviously Indy's not going to be like handing him back out. Right. Like immediately. Right. So uh, this could be an interesting situation. But there is one thing that is kind of a positive that happened today, too. Right. Is that we reworked the Dawkins deal. Right. So we, we've right now per sport track, we're around 10 million dollars. Right. So at least we do have some funds available to us as a team. Now, um, I, I think that personally, this money should be assigned to the potential of keeping Poyer around. Um, a lot of the Bills Mafia I see is all about the OBJ thing. Uh, I'm just not buying into that. If you believe in Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie, why do we need OBJ is kind of my stance. Um, but I would much rather pay Poyer. But what do you think we do with some of this money?
0: You know, I, I like your theory as far as where you're headed on the Poyer uh, thought of maybe they put some of that money into extending Poyer, but I also, you know, my first thought actually when I had heard that they moved some money around to, to create cap space uh, with Dawkins is the simple fact that maybe Trey White isn't as further along as they're hoping, as they were hoping that he would be. And maybe, just maybe, they put some money into a free agent corner like a Joe Hayden or maybe a Richard Sherman, a veteran-type player that still has a little bit of tread left on the tires that wants to be a part of a contender, uh, and somebody that you know Von Miller's lobbied for Joe Hayden, uh, as well as OBJ. Um, as far as the OBJ situation, I feel like it would stunt the development of Khalil Shakir if OBJ was in the fold. Not that I'm opposed to the move, but I don't really feel it's a necessary need when the deepest position, in my opinion, on the entire roster is is the wide receiver unit even over the defensive line uh and i think this preseason has shown that thus far but uh, to me that money movement the the maneuvering of the salary cap that brandon bean is so good at um he's proven that each and every season i think it should go to a corner you know i think it could potentially go to a corner in, in the event that trey white is just not ready for week one week two week three in that
1: range yeah, we're going to dive into the cornerbacks a little bit here, as uh, we've been kind of hitting the roster throughout the month here and going through each thing. So we'll dive into that. I'm also a little curious to see if this money might potentially be for like a Dawson Knox or somebody like that to try to get Knox or Edmonds done in season, uh, and then worry about the other one off season, or maybe you're looking at potentially tagging Edmonds uh, this off season, so you're going to pay Knox in season if you've got some extra funds. So I, I think there's uh there's going to be an interesting thing to see that happens here, but obviously I think it all kind of almost has to wait now because you you might be looking for a brand new punter and and that's a big problem i mean that that was a phase of the game that i think a lot a lot of people thought for the next 10 years we were done you know minus having to replace reed ferguson at some point potentially right he's been around for a while in 10 years he might not be still wanting to play the game or whatever but besides that it's going to be interesting i bean i he already had a tough next couple weeks ahead of him i thought would nipping this roster down And now stuff like this just ain't making it any easier.
0: Right. We thought we'd have Bass and Ariza for the next 10 years. And we know we're going to have Bass for the next 10 years. I'm pretty, pretty safe, you know, in feeling that way. God willing.
1: (laughs) Right. So I I do want to hit on too because after the first preseason game, I was happy with the way because this is 10 in a row, right? Like, so we, we magically win in the preseason all the time now. That's how good this team is that we just start winning in the preseason all the time, too. Uh, but so that's 10 in a row. But after week one, I was kind of like, this didn't look good. I was glad to see the team at heart and depth enough to stay with it all the way till the end. This last week, it was like, yeah, can we just start now? Let's just start the season, right? Like, let's just go. These guys are like 100% ready that, you know, so so where were you after the Denver game? The
0: Denver game, I, I truthfully thought that, you know, top to bottom, it just showed the depth that they have accumulated over the course of, The last, you know, offseason or two, especially uh, on the offensive side of the ball, I alluded to it with how this last game showed how deep their wide receiver position is. I think Khalil Shakur could be one of the steel picks of this year's draft. Uh, I also am blown away by Blackshear, the running back, who has really uh, had himself a a great preseason. Uh, And to me, um, James Cook, Zach Moss, Devin Singletary in the action that we've seen, all three of them. Uh, were very, very potent, and that's something that the Buffalo Bills have not had in quite some time, to have not one running back, but uh, two running backs, three running backs. I mean, they they are loaded. Uh, Case Keenum is locked in as the QB2. I think a lot of people were a little bit too hard on Case Keenum post-week one of the preseason. He played well last week. He played very, very well, and uh, Isaiah Hodgins, you know, was another receiver that I really liked, uh, you know, from, from last week. So, uh, just shows the depth that they have. Uh, Kayer Elam, he showed some very promising things uh, in terms mm-hmm. of uh, man coverage. Showed some things in terms of penalties that I didn't quite like. Yeah, But all in all, just top to bottom, this team is as deep as it gets. Uh, and one of the comments there that said that the depth could beat some other NFL teams, I would agree with that. Uh, they are so deep that they, they are in a rare, um, weird circumstance where when you're trimming the roster down, most of these guys that they're cutting will go to other teams. It, oh, yeah. it, that, there's no question about that. So Brandon Bean has a tough task ahead of him. I love what Balen Specter has done as well at linebacker. Uh, to, you know, um, Bernard, the uh, the uh, third-round uh, rookie linebacker, he's been fantastic as well. Yeah. So really, uh, all good things to say in terms of the performance this preseason thus far.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a ni- it's been nice to see. I mean, and obviously with with Trey not back yet, we're going to really dive into those cornerbacks, but there there's like, I mean, some interesting things. And actually, I'm glad that this just got brought up because I totally wanted to talk about this before everything happened. And before we go any further, I want to talk about this, because when I saw that video, that was the first thing I thought is like this dude's suspended, right? Like yeah. he's straight swinging helmets around. But I saw after that, that um, I think it was Tom uh, Plasser, I'm not sure how he says his last name. I probably just butchered it, but he'd come out and said that basically because it's a practice, the NFL doesn't actually monitor like what takes place at the practice. So it would be up to the teams to enforce some kind of punishment if they wanted to. That's, oh. That seems like such bull crap, right? That's like stupid. I mean, they can drug test you while you're getting ready to go into practice. Right. But, They're not going to make you follow the same rules of not trying to assault the other players on the field. Right. Like it doesn't seem, that doesn't seem right. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, to me, I was like, man, this is, he's got to hit something, right? Like they got to hit him. This this dude does this a lot. He's great, but he, he he does this a lot.
0: He does. And, and, you know, the Rams have, obviously they're a high profile team. They won the Super Bowl. not only that, but they're the LA Rams and right. they've had multiple seasons on HBO Hard Knocks. And Aaron Donald is one of those guys that I feel like he needs to get super, super angry in order for himself to play well shortly thereafter. It's almost like he gets super, super angry, and then the come down allows him to you know, play good football or even mm-hmm. in a practice. And it's crazy because I was watching – you know, both social medias of, of the teams, I follow all the teams on social media, as you do, I'm sure of it. And mm-hmm. Joey B and Matt Stafford are on the sideline when this is going down, and they're laughing. They they didn't expect this. Like, they didn't know if it was legitimate or if it was a work in terms of pro wrestling terms. They right. didn't understand what was going on, and then they realized, oh, wow, he's actually swinging his helmet around.
1: Yeah, Aaron the other do- team's helmet.
0: Yeah, Aaron Donald uh, is long overdue for a suspension i, I yep. think he's not remember down how they that used to hit sue
1: they used to hit sue all the time sue would get hit every year for the crap he would try to pull there's like after this video all these all these other things start coming out right of all the stuff that he's done and there's multiple times where he's like choking line like he's literally like choking people
0: right <laughs> like, right didn't he it, uh it, it, didn't didn't sue step on aaron Rodgers? yeah you like right straight on, right stomped on, the on, the on him yeah, yeah. you like straight
1: stomped on him yeah like so i mean there's no room for that stuff, right? But at least he was hit, he was suspended. They they fine him, they do all those things. At least they check him, right? This guy they're just like, yeah, whatever man, let him let him kill somebody else. He was swinging around two Cincinnati helmets at one point, which means there's two players not wearing helmets and he's swinging them around. Wow. Right? Yeah, so that, like that that's is that's dangerous.
0: Yeah, it's it's bad for the game and it's bad for um the fact that he is looked at as one of those you know superstar type players yeah. on the defensive side of the ball maybe the best defensive player in the game and if you're not punishing one player in the same way that you punished another you're just playing favorites at this point
1: that's so what it looks like it, right it's,
0: it's clearly obvious that the nfl views aaron donald as you know one of their favorites whereas nadama kong was not or miles right. garrett for that matter you know miles garrett same boat, yeah with mile with uh Mil- with You know, uh, Mason Rudolph, I should say, uh, with the helmet swing and all that on Monday Night Football, what's the difference to me? It's the action's the same. It's just the setting is different, and that's just stupid.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's not the way it's supposed to function. Right. I think that's obviously the, the way that it is. Right. But right. Yeah. So thanks for bringing that up, circling back. Cause I did want to hit on that. And then all this other stuff just started stirring up right before we got on here. Right. So it was like, it was craziness, but, so we got one more preseason game left Panthers bills. It's going to be like hugging. We're just checking to see if there's any guys we want from their team. Probably, you know, just to, one last look at Carolina, you know, before it's all said and done, like we like to do or whatever, but we're not going to play starters. So what what are you kind of looking for here? I mean, you brought up Blackshear a little bit earlier. I hope he has a terrible game because <laughs> I I don't want him to go anywhere else. I'd rather just stash him on our practice squad right now. So I hope he just kind of has a terrible game and everybody thinks it was just it, it was just luck the first couple games and we get to keep him around. Uh, but so yeah, where where are you at? What are you looking for from this last game? With the way Blackshear has been running, I doubt he's capable of
0: a bad yeah, he's game. He's looked good. This guy has looked really good. What I'm looking for though. Uh, is actually just the sna- a high snap count, I should say, for some of the younger players that they have drafted and accumulated, whether they're UDFA's or just late round draft choices. Uh, obviously, uh, Christian Benford has been a name that's been talked about all you know preseason long, training camp long. I'm looking yep. to see him take a, a final next step, um, you know, and route to making the team. I got my eyes on him, and honestly, I got my eyes on James Cook. I've had my eyes on James Cook this whole preseason, uh, and maybe the Bills won't play him as they do deem him one of their quote-unquote starters, but um, if he is out there, I just feel like he brings such an exciting element to this offense that we haven't seen in quite some time. And a name that if you go back and circle back and watch the tape from last week's preseason game, it's going to be very tough to cut a player by the name of Quentin Morris – Mm-hmm. this guy was smashing people two weeks in, terms in a of row the run yeah yep. two weeks in a row uh, in terms of the run blocking he's such an aware player and, well, he's and playing that
1: gilliam role too right he's on right. he's got that fullback essentially locked in as number two fullback partially too oj howard might be in trouble
0: I, I that's what i'm thinking and i never thought i'd say that for a guy by the name of quentin morris that i didn't even know who he was <laughs> Uh, prior to this preseason, but hey, that's what this is about. It's about trimming it down to 53, and the best players from July to late August are the teams that make it, Um, and the guys that are on the outside looking in, like O.J. Howard, that at one point, Jamison Crowder seemed like he was in that position until he got healthy, so... Yeah, he'll stick, but... Yeah, it's it's a very uh, interesting time, you know, in terms of being a Bills fan, not only with the expectations, but... In terms of, I can't remember a team in Buffalo Bills history in my fanhood, and I'm 30, so I don't really quite remember the Bills Super Bowl years as well as I'd like to, Um, but this team is so deep. This team is top to bottom. The, The moves that Brandon Bean made to put the roster to 90 players, you could put... You know some of those guys on some of these really bottom level bad teams like the lions and the jaguars and these guys would be starters mm-hmm. um so it's it's been very fun and i'm looking at what guys can really stand out and and make the roster
1: yeah yeah a couple things i saw in the chat here that i'm big fans of uh so good good question of so who punts tomorrow night right because if they just say hey you're out bro like who's going to punt we just go for it on fourth down because you I think you'd have to sign a free agent right it can't be somebody that's sitting on waivers or anything right because they'd have to clear and then you have to have like a day so do we just uh, have somebody go out there and drop kick punts secondly a good point that was brought up is Brandon Bean's going to have a tough time this year because of this right here anybody that he lets go is going to be a New York giant Mm-hmm. like I feel that's like a that's point. 100% going to be it right like they're trying to build exactly what we're doing right and this was all followed up which I love this yeah <laughs> need a team we're not going <laughs> to dispute that but anywho <laughs> let, let's let's talk about some cornerbacks and stuff actually real quick last week i shouted out uh that we were doing the pickup contest for the buffalo nerd uh you guys go in there uh, the links down below in the in the ch- in the you know description down below uh, it's free to play you guys can see if you can beat me uh there's a little isaiah mckenzie autograph picture at the end of it for you if you're the winner so go ahead and click 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 below and enter that contest and see if you guys can take me down this off season. Levi is in the house. He won last year. So you guys can also challenge Levi and see if you can beat him. But let's talk about the cornerbacks because Tredavious White, we we still don't know, right? If you go and look at the official depth chart that's sitting on the Bills, you know, the Bills website, and we, you know, if you listen to the show, you know how we feel about the depth chart and stuff. It, it's it's, wor- it's a work in progress to try to progress players, let people know. You know, there's a lot being played. But if you look at it, it's listed as White is still listed as a, number one on the depth chart, right? And then he's got Benford behind him. And Dane Jackson is listed above Elam in the other spot. So if you're reading that and Tredavious isn't right, are you looking at that as Dane Jackson is once himself the starting position, minus what happens maybe in this last game here as the number one cornerback? or is this just still motivation for Elam when it comes down to it, they're going to put him over on the one?
0: Oh man, that's a tough question. I think with something like this at this time of the year, uh, heading into the season, it, it comes down to who they feel is most comfortable within the defense um so obviously trey white is number one and you know when he's healthy he's one of the best mm-hmm. in the game um dane jackson did some really nice things last year and, and i think that those nice things you go back and if you got some of those games on your dvr you, you blink you might miss it because he's not being targeted to where right. you wouldn't see the play develop where dane jackson gets in front of a receiver to step in front of a pass bat it down or intercept a football or just his tackling ability that I think is extremely underrated and it might be his best attribute uh, in his in his skill set. But I, I honestly feel man-to-man is is where this league has trended in, in terms of man coverage. Trey White is one of those guys, obviously, that I mentioned, but Kyra Elam was drafted to be a man-to-man corner, and his skills, man-to-man, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing the physicality. I'm seeing the awareness. Uh, In terms of jumping the route, I'm seeing his eyes in the back of his head tracking the football. I I think it's Kyrie Elam's CB2 job to lose, Um, and and that's not necessarily a slight on Dane Jackson. I feel like it breaks down as Elam as the CB2, Dane Jackson as the CB2B, and then you have to acknowledge the greatness of Teron Johnson and the fact that when when Steve Tasker and and these commentators – go through the depth chart of the Bills on that bottom part of your screen and you see the pictures and the cool graphics that they have. You see two linebackers. You don't see three. And the third one, essentially, is Mm. Teron Johnson. So the fact that he's able to play at that high of a level um, consistently, as consistently as he has uh, these last couple seasons, he has to be the CB3. He's one of the best nickel corners in the NFL, maybe the best nickel corner in the NFL. But in terms of names that I'm looking at that I think could potentially show up and show out, um, especially in this preseason game, in terms of trying to make the roster, obviously Christian Benford has had a great camp. Cam Lewis is on the outside looking in. He's somebody that really needs to step up and show that he's worthy of a roster spot on this team Uh, as well. You have some tweener guys that maybe Benford is one of them that could also play safety like Jamarcus Ingram, Jaquan, Jaquan Johnson, uh, those are guys that have listed at safety. But they really have a, a, a solid foundation that they have groomed these players in the secondary in particular to eventually take on bigger roles once players go down, God forbid, or once players leave the team in the future, whether it's Poyer in the next few years or Hyde in the next few years. And that's something that I think needs to be acknowledged. They've actually groomed this secondary uh, ahead of time for the future and for the present.
1: Yeah, I love that you brought that up because that was for me as I looked at the depth chart and I was thinking about it to myself. And you brought up Benford and those guys. And I'm like, if these guys work, we have a very, very young core of good cornerbacks. Right. And, yeah. and you mentioned Johnson and then sitting behind Johnson, they actually have Cam Lewis listed as the nickel right now. So that means he's got to be out Teron Johnson and Saran Neal. Yeah. And I That's think Saran Neal is going to have himself a nice season this year. And he's probably going to be on the defense a little more than we've seen him in the past. Potentially yeah. it just depends on what happens with white and you know, who knows they might just put him out at cornerback at some point in time because they trust him. Right. They just trust that he he knows what to do. Right. And they go from there. So that crew, though, I mean, that's awesome. If you somehow have Dane Jackson, who's panning out, then you hit on Benford. Plus you hit on. I mean, like that's a nice stable and they all get to work with white for the next five years or so. Like that's beautiful, in my opinion. So you hit on the safeties a little bit you know, the poor hide situation, they're both kind of nicked up already. Uh, I think everybody and their brother thinks they're the best safety duo in the league, except for everybody outside of the Bills mafia for some reason. Um, But the depth behind them is somewhat questionable too uh, at times. So this back end's very interesting. So I touched on it last week that the importance of the defensive line this year and being disruptive within seconds is going to be Very, very needed compared to in the past. You could let these guys hold on for three, four, five seconds back there. I don't think we can do that this year.
0: I agree. And I'm glad you brought that up because looking at this team and looking at what they've done these last few seasons to make the team where it is or what it is today, I should say, they have invested heavily in defensive linemen. They have invested first round draft picks, second round draft picks, Von Miller's contract they have money monies they have invested a lot and that has to pay dividends at some point for you and if it does then this secondary mostly will benefit from it as well as Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano who I Mm -hmm. think both of those guys have shouldered a really heavy workload these last two years that if this defensive line could be a little bit better takes a little bit of pressure off of Tremaine from man in the middle, takes a little bit of pressure off Matt Milano from being in coverage as much when the defensive line, the defensive front, can actually get to the quarterback. That's the goal. So I, I'm i right there with you. Um, this is a young group as far as their secondary goes outside of Trey White, and mm-hmm. they're going to get, I think, a good amount of playing time. I don't feel like Trey White is As ready as they hoped he would be by now and I'm not saying you know the sky is falling or anything like that Trey White had a very tough injury and they want him to be right where he was before the injury when he comes back so so why rush it why rush it why put him out there to to feel like he's less than himself Uh, put him out there when he's ready whether it's week two week three week four Um, and it'll actually help these guys get the playing time that they, that they deserve and that they need.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's a, that's a hundred percent accurate. I agree with that all, all across the board. I, it's just super important for this, this. And if you think about it, right. We, we went without him last year. So this defense is capable of doing it already. Now you have to look at it and say, okay, you lost one of those pieces, but from what we've brought in, I feel like they're pretty comparable to Levi Wallace. If you're just asking them to do the same things as you asked Levi to do, then it should work, right? You've improved the defensive line. In my opinion, your linebacker should do better as you just mentioned, and your safeties are still there. Right. So I I think it still works, right? Like that's why I'm not like super worried. Like if he's not ready, right? Like if he's not ready, that's fine. Like, cool. Like let him get lean and mean and let these guys work, because I'm not going to be disappointed if they get an experience to start the season against the defending world champions. I'm not going to be disappointed if Dane Jackson and and Elam have to line up against from Cup and Allen Robinson and learn about what the NFL is all about, right? Like, I'm not opposed to that at all, even if it results in a loss. That's important for those guys, right? And that's two of the best wide receivers in the league, in my opinion. So... Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree with you and it goes back to, you know, what happened with Trey White when he was first drafted here to replace Stefan Gilmore. You know, Stefan Gilmore goes out, Trey White goes in, and Trey White lined up, if my memory serves me right, three straight weeks, Julio Jones, AJ Green, um and and uh there was another one that i'm forgetting I, th- I can't remember the third one but julio jones and aj green i know were the first were two of the first uh you know wide receivers that he lined up against that was a lot to ask of a rookie corner to go up against arguably the two best deep threats in the nfl at that time back and on bad teams <laughs> and on bad teams yes yeah, he's out there all the time right with with barely a, a depth piece behind him to say the least so Um, I just feel like this is not the sky is falling. Uh, You know, if they did move some money around to create space for a Joe Hayden or, you know, a veteran body somewhere along the roster, um, I'm not against it. And maybe they decide to add more depth to the offensive line. You know, they traded away Cody Ford for a fifth round draft choice. Maybe they decide to, to sign a veteran guard that has played on, you know, some really good teams these last few years or whatnot. So, There's still some names out there. There's still names out there that could contribute. Unfortunately, they're not punters.
1: That's right. So... Yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, we're in a good spot when you have an offense, like we do your defense doesn't necessarily have to be as long as we're around that top 10, this offense should be able to carry a lot of what a top 10 defense can handle in my opinion. So I think we're going to be all right either way. Um, but good discussion, Ryan. Uh, always appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, that's going to do it uh, for this week, guys. I appreciate everybody hanging out. And I actually, if Daniel uh, is still in here, I noticed that he dropped this in the chat at the very beginning because I've been going with the nerd mafia and I've now had a couple people tell me that we should, be calling it the nerd herd. And Daniel just dropped that in there again now. So we starting next week, we might have to we might have to swap this over to the Nerd Hurt. Dude, that um, is – I'd buy one of those T-shirts for yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> so we, I might start spitting that next week. So thanks, Daniel, for throwing that in there. Um, for you guys that, that didn't catch the show early on this week, we highlighted the Jed Foundation. So you can head over there and check out jedfoundation.org. Very cool organization, you know, helping teens against, uh, you know, suicide and just uh, things to do with their mental health and all that kind of stuff. Been around for a long time. And, uh, you know, I think it's just going to be a very fun to see how this all plays out. Uh, I hope our organization uh, does what I think they're going to do, you know, and and make sure that we are, you know, when we go to the Super Bowl this season and we win a title, we do it as a high quality franchise that's making the right moves, doing the right things. That's what I want to be. Right. So uh, thanks, everybody, for watching. Thanks again, Ryan, for joining. And of course, go Bills.
0: Make sure you leave a review and subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll see you next time. Leggo! Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you.